This is Tennessee Talks with United States Congressman Tim Burchett. Hello, I'm Congressman Tim Burchett, and welcome back to Tennessee Talks. Got a good guest today, folks, and joining me in my Washington office for today's show is Eric Flannery. He's the owner of The Big Board, which is a restaurant in our nation's capital. It was on many national news broadcasts, and um, I'm proud to have Eric here with, with me. He stood up to some ridiculous coronavirus regulations, like requiring patients to show proof of vaccination before entering his business and forcing his employers to wear masks. For refusing to comply, the big board lost its liquor license, and then it was shut down by the local government. Eric is a veteran who, bravely, who bravely served our country in the United States Navy. I want to thank you for that, brother. We appreciate that very much. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Thank um, you. My wife is uh, her deceased husband's Navy, and the biological father of my my beautiful little girl Isabel is oh. a Navy. He was a master chief on a sub. Okay, and I was on submarines too. The master chiefs on the subs are very, very, very smart guys, yep. and they are the hogs to keep those submarines going. Yeah, he was a sonar man, and he was a real patriot. So, um, uh, But, of course, the big board was on its, its way to earn an honest living, and now he's fighting the D.C. government just to stay alive, save his business. Eric, I want to thank you for coming to share your story on Tennessee Talks. Um, tell me exactly what happened at the big board and what's the current situation with your business. Um, so, going off of memory, I don't have any notes in front of me. Here don't right need now. any notes, um, brother. We're good. The, uh, on somewhere around uh, 13th of uh, January, when the mayor had said that we were going to implement a, a some new rules starting on the 15th, uh, I went to Twitter and put out, hey, you know what? Just like we've always been, the big board's going to be open and welcome for everybody. Great. Uh, that's very American of you. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think there's anything controversial about that at all. I really don't. I think I think it's a very American concept. Uh, on the 14th and 15th and 18th and 19th and 20th and 21st and 22nd, the DC has a board that's called ABRA, which is the Alcohol Beverage Regulation Administration. Right. Uh, they came down to my establishment to uh, to do inspections, uh, and they determined. Uh, that we were not following the rules as set forth in the mayor's order. In addition to that agency being sent down, the D.C. Department of Health was sent down on multiple occasions as well. Uh, they then collected their evidence and they held a meeting at ABRA, uh, the, the alcohol beverage. Now, are these people all appointed? Are they elected? Or are they who are so, they? So Do we are, know? These are people, the people that are, the board itself is appointed by the mayor. And they are allowed into four-year terms approved by the city council. The workers who come down from there, they are, it's their job. They're they're generally nice people. They've treated me nicely. I've always treated them back with the dignity and respect that they deserve, I hope. Um, But this board met in a meeting that I wasn't invited to, and they decided to remove my liquor license. And because we were- You were not invited to the meeting- That's correct. they did that. That's correct. And this is an unelected body. That's correct. I'm not playing devil's advocate. I'm just no, wanting to understand no. because this is this would to, not fly in East Tennessee. To, to, from my understanding, yes, that everything that you just said there was correct. Him. All right, brother. Um, Continue. I'm sorry. No, you're all right. You're all right. Uh, yeah. So this board came down and said, hey, we've determined you to be an imminent threat to the health and safety of the public. Uh, and there were no incidents that happened at at the big board, there was no violent incidents, there was no riots, there was no fights, nothing like that happened. But 
Up no, on, no drug activity, no, no drug murders. activity. Holy smokes! I mean, I mean that, that, that's that's just not that's not our. Place. I know that. I know uh, that. But that's and, generally and, when they close places down, that's generally why they do it. Um, no, and I know a lot of people have heard that bartenders and are good place. Not not at the big port. No, my, I, I was in there. It was people. actually, um, I think it's mischaracterized. It's a restaurant that has a has has a bar. It's like um, um, any other. A lot of places I've been into in East Tennessee that actually the, you've got an excellent menu, you got great hamburgers, and they're not puny either. They're full size. <laughs> they are full about size. Half a cow on that burger, <laughs> but it, and it was delicious, and it was um, nothing fancy, which I don't like, as people know. So um, we'll continue on. Now you, you said something that night when there was me and um, Thomas Massey and Rand Paul and some other and um, Kevin Hearn were there, and you said that they. Um, they issued you these forms, or they had had you sign papers when they came in. But, so, but but they wouldn't let you make copies of it on your own dadgum copy machine. So you could have a copy of the paper that you just signed. So you could at least have your 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 lawyers or somebody to look it over. Yes, that's correct. On three separate occasions that happened, uh, and there it depends what they're there for. Sometimes they give me a copy. Sometimes they don't give me a copy. Uh, for me to get my initial copy of it, I had to go down and file a Freedom of Information Act request. You had to have a FOIA to get your own papers that they served on you, basically. That's correct. Okay, wow. Um, and so you weren't given any opportunity to provide um, any feedback? Uh, we weren't asked to go before this board or anything? None? No, I was... And they... I was, wasn't asked to go... Against the initial board. They then gave me a, and I don't have the correct words, but there was a new board meeting. Right. And uh, I've had a little bit of trouble getting a legal representation. And I'm not, I'm sure not quite have. sure We why. see that up here because they're gutless because they know this government up here is so dadgum corrupt and it's so one-sided that you can't. I mean, it has a history of it. There's a reason Washington, D.C. has not become a state. And it is... Mainly, it's because it, it, I believe it's constitutionally that it was not supposed to be, or in the original fu- forming of our of our country. But also the fact that very, the history of it. I mean, from Marion Barry on down to whoever's the mayor now. I mean, it is just it's a nightmare for businesses, and I see it all the time down here. Um, let me ask you another question um, about the local community because DC is a liberal place. They're all. Bureaucrats that work up here, or, you know, that support this uh, the, the the ever increasing government. It seems like you've seen a, seen a, a fair amount of support, though, even from these people in this community. Is that accurate? Uh, well, the community's great. I love Washington D.C. I love right. the people who are here. I do the community. I don't know about what their politics are. It's really that's yeah. beyond me. Yeah. And the stuff about whether D.C. should be a state or not, that's way above my yeah, pay grade. I'm, I'm just a little just bar me. owner. You got that one for free. Uh, but I, no, you're not a little bar owner. You're an entrepreneur, and you're. I mean, that's who makes this country. That people that roll the dice continuously, and that's what you do every day. Um, let me ask you, what's going to be next for the big board? Anything else about that you'd like so, to share with us? So on Thursday, we've got a meeting before the said APR board that's there. It's at, it's at 10 o'clock in the morning. It's uh, done virtually. And I'm going to go in, and hopefully by then I will found a legal representation. I continue. Before I came here today, I called three separate law offices requesting, and I've got some got some leads, so I'm really trying to, trying to get there with that. Um, it would seem somebody, some... 
hungry lawyer could see just the national attention that this thing's already come. I mean, you were on Ingram and you've been on several other um, things nationally. And I've seen a lot of the, the podcasts that pick you up and the websites and a lot of libertarian folks have, have picked it up. It would seem some lawyer would want to pick this up just for the national attention, but you've had trouble doing that here, I guess, because they know just the odds are stacked against you so hard. And, and I'm, I'm not so sure. I hold a little bit of faith, and I know maybe that's crazy for me to hold a little bit of faith. I was just talking with a friend of mine last night, and he said, Eric, hey, you, if you want to keep your bar and you, if you want to do these things, you're going to have to go down there. And I just responded to him. I was like, hey, honestly, I've still got faith. I have faith in people's humanity. I, I do. I do, too. I, 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 I absolutely do. I hope. Um, I mean, that's what makes this country so much different from the others, that people like you, you have a shot at the shot at the deal, and, and you take it, and and people will back you. Um, explain to me some more things that have happened with this bureaucracy. Have they um, um, in in this whole process? I know that you. Um, when, so go on, ahead. on Friday they removed the liquor license, and uh, they came down at four o'clock when we were getting ready to open. They brought a police officer with them. I, I'm not quite sure why they thought they needed to bring a police officer or, or just a bunch of nice people down there. Um, and I talked with the with the agents, uh, and we immediately removed all of the liquor um, and covered up the beer and stuff that we couldn't move quickly um, and reopened up his restaurant without, and holy smokes, we had a lot of people who came in. People, we were just as busy as we were before. A lot of people coming in just to have food. We were a bar, we couldn't even serve alcohol, and we still had a lot of people coming in. Uh, They continued with that. Uh, and we up, opened that Friday and Saturday and Sunday. And then Monday, I had some routine maintenance because the Department of Health had come in, some stuff that I had to fix, which I, when they come in and they say, hey, you need to fix this sink, I fixed the sink. I had a hole in the ceiling down in the kitchen that I had to fix. The reason I had the hole up there was because somebody had done some plumbing work 10 years later, and instead of properly capping the drainage, I'm sorry, right. the, the actual supply line, they had pinched the supply line. Mm. And the pinched supply line was bleeding water into my kitchen, so I had to figure out where it was coming. I just hadn't gotten back to putting the drywall back up. Um, so I, I fixed that stuff, and then we reopened on Tuesday. And at Tuesday, uh, at 5 o'clock, the Department of Health showed up. And the first thing that they showed me was the notice that they were going to put on my door that was going to say we had to be shut down. Yeah, I saw that notice. Um, and then, after showing me that notice, they went ahead and did their inspection. And on their inspection, they noted that I had fixed everything else that they wanted to be fixed. I had fixed the hand washing sink. I had fixed the coolers that were dirty. I actually, on the day that we were closed, I actually had my staff come in and deep clean the kitchen because I wanted them to keep working. Um, and then they put it on, and we closed that night, and we have not been open since. Uh, I then had requested, and I went down to give them the form that said, yes, I want to appeal you removing my liquor license. They set a meeting for that on Friday at noon, and I requested, because I've had some trouble finding some legal, legal counsel, I requested that they give me a couple weeks to, uh, to get all of my stuff together. Uh, the government responded and said, hey, uh, we don't think he should have six weeks, he should get two weeks. Uh, the ABRA board, in their discretion, decided that two weeks was too long, so the meeting is this Thursday. Oh, you're kidding me. That doesn't leave you much time to get prepared. Um, 
I'm doing my best. I, I know. I you don't are. sleep a lot right now, Tim. Yeah. I really don't. <laughs> You'll be in our prayers for sure on that. How can this community? I mean, this is a podcast, and I'm sure some of my buddies make fun of me. Um, <laughs> my buddy Matt Gates says tens of twenty people hear my my podcast, and and I appreciate that. But um, what can folks do to help? Or if 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 they if they lift this ban. I, honestly, I, Eric, you're going to go back into business, aren't you? Yes, that that's absolutely my plan, is to go back into business. I want to be where I am. I live six blocks away from where the restaurant is. I walk into work every day. I'm happy to be there. I'm happy to be there with the customers. So I'm I'm happy to be there with the staff, the guy who cooks the hamburgers. Yeah, there. I was going to ask you, tell me a little bit about your employees. I know you, uh, you, you, you I heard some of them say that you'd actually give, you give them a ride to work and bring them home even. So during, during COVID, when they had gone to a minimized bus schedule, uh, my two cooks live across the city. So we're in, we're in the eastern side where the bar is. They are up in the northwestern side of the city. Uh, they couldn't get buses home in appropriate time. And what I mean is right. if they didn't get to the bus stop by 945, they weren't going to be able to make their connection bus that would take them the additional three miles to get home. So they would have to walk that distance. So I just started driving them home every night. When, and, and to let people know that in East Tennessee, folks up here, not everybody has an automobile. No, not so. But there are a lot of people in Washington D.C. who do not have automobiles. Yeah, see, that's that foreign to me. Correct. I mean, uh, since I was uh, sixteen, well, more earlier than that, actually. You know, I was on wheels. So in, in Washington D.C., for some people, it's even a point of pride that they don't have. An yeah, automobile. I realize that. I and get that. And I, I dig that. I, but, I hadn't even remembered that we were talking to the people of Tennessee. Tennessee. No, you're is, speaking to everybody, but a lot of my folks back home uh, will go, "What the heck? Why don't they got a car?" Um, Go ahead. But then I, I would go ahead and, uh, so I'd drive them home every night, and then I started talking to them about, hey, how are you getting to work in the morning? And they, 3 o'clock was when they would show up. They were leaving their house at 11 a.m. to make sure they could get the right buses and to show up on time. And so I just told them, you know what, I'll just come pick you guys up. And from that time forward, every day, my it was a pretty normal day for me. I'd get up, I'd go exercise with my neighbor, we'd have some fun. We'd go get a sandwich at a local shop to try and support them. Then I'd get in my truck, I'd drive across the city, pick up my two cooks, uh, drive them in. We'd go to work under whatever conditions they would let us do. If it was carry out only, we would do carry out. If they, we were allowed to have people, we let people in there. They were... They said the tables need to be separated by six feet. They were separated by six feet. Uh, no Because, because we all know COVID stops behind those little plastic <laughs> shields. You know, in the, it's funny in the showers down in the gym when they started this nonsense here. Um, they, they had taped off every other shower stall in the gym. And I thought, yeah, that COVID's going to stop right there. And then in one part of the gym where you were doing the heaviest breathing, you didn't wear a mask, which is it's aerosol of course it's transmitted through the air we know that in the other area where you wouldn't be doing the heavy breathing you had to wear a mask so i mean it's totally backwards there's no science to it but but continue on well, once again the science is well above my pay yeah grade. me well too above my go pay ahead grade. the uh, the oh where were what were we talking about talking about your employees oh talking about employees so that those employees who are there uh the one who's my main cook he was there on the day that we opened if we've been open for more than 10 years he comes into work because he knows it's a good place to work because he loves what he does. Uh, the bartenders and the servers who were there, and I know everybody's read a lot of success stories of these places that did really well during the pandemic because they increased their to-go food. and they, yeah. and But what does that really mean? What does that really mean in the end? That means that you didn't have your bartenders and servers there. 
you, those guys will need to rely on tips. So if you turned into a to-go only place, you got rid of half of your staff. Um, that just didn't seem like the right thing to do for me. Now, I couldn't keep all of my staff, and, and this is hard to say. Uh, I've had a young kid, more than one young kid, come into me and cry to me and be, I need this job. I have kids. I have places to go. Right. This kid was working for me eight hours a week because that's what I could find him, and he still showed up. And when he was working there, he was only a dishwasher. He didn't know how to do anything, and I knew that I had to get him trained up to do something else. So guess what? I turned him into a cook, and he he turned out great. So now he can look for other places and other jobs, and he has a lot right. more opportunity. My bartender was a guy who we would call him a food runner, the person who takes the food from the kitchen and brings it to your table, drops it off, and makes sure you have ketchup, mayonnaise, whatever you'd like for your burger. And uh, you know what? He turned into a server. What, what's his name? His name is Dante. Dante, yeah. He, he's, you he's you, you fella, talked with him. A black fella. He came to our table. He was wonderful. And yeah. he was, you could tell his, he, he loved his job. And, you know, and he didn't, he wasn't into all that polish, but he was there to take care of you, made sure you had <laughs> your drinks um, and, and, and your food and everything. And I, I was impressed with Dante. I, I even told him, I said, I said, I've, you know, you're doing a great job because I could tell that probably wasn't, his his forte, but he was he was you, right. you, when you when you got people that that want to work and that are that are kind and good people, you you um you know it shows and they and they do well. I think right. that shows a lot about you and um and and what you got going on. I, I I would say it is Dante's forte. He's great at doing it. The guy who was working there with him is a guy named Andrew. Andrew's he we got in an argument the other day. I was like, you've been here for ten years. He's like, we well, I have not been there for ten years. I've been there for nine years and seven months. And I was like, oh my, I didn't. Do that. Right on. <laughs> gotcha. Um, and all of the people that have come through over the years, the the cooks, the bartenders, they they've all been treated well. Um, well, they all liked you, and they liked your job, man. You treat people well, and and that that shows in the just the product you put out, and just people, you know, because restaurants like that, community restaurants, local things, it's it's people come there to hang out, and it's their sense of community. I remember you told somebody was interviewing you upstairs when Rand Paul was there, and you said, you know, you knew the people that one guy would want a straw in his drink, another guy was he'd talk about. I think railroads or something, and, and then just kept on down the line, and you knew that you knew those people, and 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 it's a community, it's a sense of community, and that's a, and that that's something that we we see, you know, you, you miss out a lot in in the, the big box chains of America. Well, and that that's you've hit on the most important thing. It's not I'm not the owner of that restaurant. I am merely the caretaker for people who come in, and I try and do the best job that I can as that caretaker. But it's really about the customers who come in and them having a good time. They know each other. They I remember talking with a customer, and I don't want to say his name, but he he didn't believe when March of 2020 when all of this was happening. He couldn't have believed that he was going to be friends with the people that he was friends with by the end of it because they showed, shared different politi political ideologies. And he looked at me and was like, Eric, I cannot believe. I didn't, I didn't know I was going to be friends with all these people. Thank you very much for having this place and for letting us come in and do this. You gave us some sense of normalcy because we showed up and it, it's going to sound weird, but... I just kept on going to work, so I i mean, every day I just went down there. So for me, I, I wasn't in my apartment. I wasn't there. They, I'm grateful that they let me go to work. I'm grateful that we could do this. And if 
we would have people who would come in and they would order to go food. Great customers, great people who kept us going. Right. And they would show up. We'd say, hey, your food's going to be ready in 20 minutes. They would show up five minutes later so that they could sit down and talk with somebody for sure. a little while. They wanted, they just wanted somebody to talk with. Uh, and well, my, my mutations, bartenders, good waiters, uh, <laughs> uh, barbers, they are all therapists, really. I mean, you know, it, a lot of good preachers would probably be good if they'd, they'd come in and sit down at a barber shop and, or a restaurant like you've got and, and just watch how it's done because it's um, – uh, generally, right. you can you can read people and they'll tell you what's going on, and I and that's a tribute to you. I wouldn't tell uh, you can follow if you want to follow Eric and what's going on. Um, you can get on the Twitter, and and it's it's easy. It's at the Big Board DC at the Big Board DC. Just spelled out lowercase, and um, you can follow what's going on and everything we discuss here today. And um, and how you can help Eric in the future. Um, and if I, I if hope, you, oh, go ahead. So I'm sorry, no, 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 no you go ahead. Dude. I, I'm you sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say. And if you guys are interested and think this might be something, lawyers are not cheap. Paying my staff is not cheap. It was it was a long year. Uh, it cost a lot of money. I lost over two hundred thousand dollars during the time sure. that that was done. That's my life savings. That's what I was but, saying. You could. Um, but that, you can there's go, some information on that on, on, on Twitter that they can do that. On, on so Twitter? we don't qu- cross any ethical lines. Oh, I'll I, just say, oh yeah. I'll holy just, smokes. I, my yes. memory is so short. That's my memory right, is so dude, short. No, I, I apologize. I, think, I, think, I do I think, apologize. I think if you follow Twitter, you can probably get all that information that you need in the future for Eric and um, and in the past uh, how he was really just done wrong by, by by our country. I mean, you know, the guy served our dadgum country. You were... Um, you were in the Navy during 9-11. I was. Real yes. quick, real quick. Where were you when the, when the towers fell? I actually don't know where I was. I was, I was on a submarine uh, somewhere in an undisclosed location. I got you. That's exactly um, what I wanted to hear, folks. He was serving our dadgum country, and, um, and he's just in this disgrace the way they've been treated. And I, we're going to have to close out, Eric, and I want to thank you so much. I want to thank you for, for coming up here on your own dime. Um, you know, I know you'd be welcome in Tennessee, brother. If you want to come to Tennessee, I will put you in touch with some restaurateurs and we'll we'll hook you up. But um, you know, we should. I'm very thankful that Tennessee, of course, isn't run like Washington D.C. or some of these other deep blue cities and states. Our state, it seems, doesn't make it tougher for small businesses to operate without some of these terrible policies like these vaccine mandates and other crazy stuff they do. And health care decisions, in my opinion, are private. And they're up to individuals, and that's basically what you've said. And nobody should be forced to get a vaccine in order to participate in our society or our economy. And I want to thank you, Eric, for everything. And I, I wish you well. I'll be praying, asking the Lord to give you some some peace, but give you some help because you've obviously got. I've, I've been in the situation uh, where big government was shutting you down, and and I that's for another another day. But um, I want to thank you for. Tim, th- thank you. I, we need all the help we can get. It's uh, it is not a uh, it's a national effort right now because this is this seems to be and and don't be confused, folks. When people like Eric and all these are the rights cafeterias of the world are all closed down. Now that's in my district. Mm. You know, all you're going to have is these big box stores and big corporate giants and um, international monetary funds are going to be deciding what you're eating and not by your own choice. And um, and that's. I'll just leave it at that. Eric, thank you so much. I'm Tim Burchett.
Congressman, 2nd Congressional District, I want to thank you all so much for joining me on this episode of Tennessee Talks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tennessee Talks. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Keep up with Congressman Burchett by following at Rep Tim Burchett on Twitter and Instagram and at Congressman Tim Burchett on Facebook and YouTube. 